0: Welcome to the Farming On Purpose podcast. Today's challenges in agriculture are new, but the grit and determination required to be successful have been handed down for generations. On the Farming On Purpose podcast, we preserve the ag heritage and traditions we built our identity on while pursuing the American dream of multi-generation farms that innovate for the future. Listen along as we share stories of how farmers and ranchers are building legacies, both in their business and their character, for the sake of those they'll pass the reins to. I'm your host, Lexi Wright, and I'm excited to talk with you about the financial, generational, and production challenges facing producers in the ag industry today. This podcast is brought to you by Back Pocket Social Marketing. And yes, this is Lexi here. This podcast has been a real passion project for me. All the time that goes into interviewing guests, editing, and producing the show is sponsored by my freelance marketing agency. We specialize in website design, social media advertising, content creation and management, and email marketing. If you like to take a foundational approach to your marketing and figure out exactly what's working for you and what's not and really focus on efficiency, then you would be a great candidate to work with us. You can reach out and talk with us more at Lexi at BackPocketSocial.com. We would love to help you solve your marketing challenges. Welcome back to the Farming on Purpose podcast. I am here today with Natalie Egger and I'm so excited um, to have you on, Natalie. Like I said, I've been following you for quite a while and I love the content you put out, the topics that you talk about, and especially how you relate them to agriculture and agriculture businesses. Um, So I can't wait to hear all that you share with us today. Do you want to take just a second and introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us a little bit more about you and a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I think this is my second
1: podcast that I've been on. So it's, it's always nice to talk to people in agricultural businesses and, you know, try and get the word out on ways we can improve your processes. Um, my name is Natalie Eger. I am a mom of five. Um, I teach process improvement and efficiency And I help uh, farmers get organized quickly through non-complicated customized
0: systems that are inexpensive to free. Love it. How did you get started doing this? What made you realize that this is what you wanted to spend your time doing?
1: Yeah, well, it's kind of weird because I didn't really understand that this could be a job. I was uh, actually on maternity leave with my fifth child and... Basically, was forced to quit my job. I wasn't really um, um, wasn't really allowed to go back to work because they wanted me to come into the office full time, and I couldn't do it homeschooling all my kids mm-hmm. and all the daycares were closed. So I reached out to some friends of mine, seeing if they needed some work done. Um, one of them hired me. We started working on process improvement, and then I realized, hey. I love doing this and I'm actually really good at it. And I didn't realize that's kind of what I was doing in all of my roles um, in my previous like corporate life. And so Mm -hmm. I decided to start my own business and
0: we've almost been going for three years now. That's crazy. It's such a crazy time. I got started full-time in business. It sounds like about the same time you did um, and also was um, adjusting to having a new baby at home um it's just a crazy thing to do kind of to have to jump into <laughs> all of that figuring out childcare and yeah with a new baby and then trying to take on clients and grow a business all while being slightly stressed about where you're going to pay for your bills from it's kind of crazy 100% that- yeah, yeah we didn't
1: have the option in our household for to be a one income household that and, and you know, not a lot of people do have that. I'm going to call it a luxury in a sense, you know, to be able to have that choice. And for us, it's like, I have to work. Mm-hmm. We have to make ends meet. And I actually have a part-time job as well because we've got bills to
0: pay. So yeah. one of the necessities seems anymore that it's just kind of unavoidable, but yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. And you have five kids. How old are your kiddos? Uh, so 19, 17, 14, 11, and four. My youngest okay. just turned four. So, yeah, last month. So exciting. so exciting. Well, it sounds like you have entered, you've kind of seen the phases teenage years, to <laughs> preteen, and little, little kids. Oh, God. I'm still learning. <laughs> Sometimes it's just
1: like, I don't remember what I did about this. And I think the more kids you have, the more chill you become. I'm just That's like, probably mm. true. <laughs> yeah. Cause my older two are 19 months apart and it was like crazy days, like literally crazy days. And now I'm just like, you know, what? it's fine. Like don't sweat It'll the small work out. stuff, like chill out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I love to listen to the wisdom of people like you who are kind of like ahead of me in motherhood. My kids are six, five three and a half and just turned two. Oh, so So, busy. So busy. And I feel like I have so much to learn from people who, you know, have experienced the phases that we're kind of just entering. So (laughs) yeah, there's, I think that the
1: thing about motherhood is, um, and I say this about my business too, uh, with people systems, like cookie cutter solutions don't work. Mm -hmm. right what works for one person won't necessarily work for you or for your child and each child is different and it is like a learning process for each of them because they're also different right definitely
0: definitely (laughs) well tell us a little bit about your ties to agriculture um have you do you work specifically just with ag clients or what does that look like for you
1: uh yeah so I actually started off working with bookkeepers and lawyers um Mm -hmm and found that a lot of people that were being referred to me were in the agricultural business. And I started to see a real need um, for support in agriculture. I mean, we we teach a lot, not we, but like as a whole, when you start a business, you learn more like you have to market your business and you have to make money and you have to run your business. You know, especially when you're in agriculture, you're out in the field. You're not, you don't want to sit and have the time to be in the office. Right. So it's like, that's like the the bottom of the list, but that list keeps growing because those things do have to get done. But the cost of running agricultural businesses, especially farming is so expensive. So I started thinking like, this is ridiculous. You pay how much for what? No, like, no, there's a free way we can do this. Like, and I think I just got to the point where I felt frustrated for people who were coming to me. Cause I knew Like, I know I can help you. I know there's an easier way to do this and we don't have to spend a lot of money. I mean, sometimes you do have to invest, but there's a lot of understanding when it comes to software that people aren't taught, right? We start a website and we don't realize it doesn't, integrate with something else that we're using and it causes all these headaches and hassles and I'm just I want to help right I want to make things
0: easier because that's the last thing I want them to have to worry about yeah so did you shift to helping farmers because you saw that great need there or what was it about it that made you say this is what I want to focus on
1: I think it's more of the personality of the people that have been coming to me. I just have really um, connected really well. I mean, I I would love to be a flower farmer. That's like what my dream is. I've always loved flowers um, just in the, the area that I live. It's just not affordable to do that. Um, but everybody that I've connected with who are farmers, it's just they have this energy that a lot of like stereotypical office people don't have. They have this real joy and excitement for their business. And I think it really resonates with me and it makes me feel the same way. So I think it's more of like a personality connection. um, And the fact that they're struggling so much that like, I I just, nobody should
0: have to struggle. Yeah. I do um, marketing services as my kind of business. And I have to agree with you completely. Like the, Ability to work with people who make you feel that way and like just pour into your soul in that way, even though it's nothing that they're specifically doing. They're just being them. It's very fulfilling to be able to work with people like that.
1: It's a whole community, right? Like I really noticed that when I spoke at um, an event in Spokane called Gather this, this real love for just support of one another. And it just really resonated and you just feel this excitement and joy. And it's, you really miss it when you don't have
0: it. I'm missing it right now. I'm like, Oh, I need to go to another event. (laughs) Yeah. The events. I'm so glad that we're able to do in-person events again. I was what kind of, wondering how that would look post-COVID. Like would people go back or would everything be virtual now? And I'm so glad that we're we've recognized the value of that like person to person in real life, not on a screen like we are right now, how much better that is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I thought like, oh perfect.
1: I get to work from home and I don't have to people so much. And I don't have to get dressed. I mean I obviously have to wear clothes, but like <laughs> you know, I don't have to like dress up. And now you know, I got to a point in my business where I was like, like there's something missing. And I and I couldn't quite put like my finger on what it was, but I started to recognize that it was like a group of people, the support of other people. It's like the passions of other people, the conversations. And you don't get that so much with one-on-ones while you do get it, it's just different. But being in person with people and having just all everybody's ideas circulating and things coming up and then it's like light bulb moments everywhere. And it's just,
0: it's a totally different experience. I agree. The energy that comes from that kind of situation is just very different. And very, I don't like it every day, but I love that we (laughs) have the option to do it and go to conferences again. Yeah. Um, okay. So you work with farmers, you help them make their systems more efficient, and you've said that there's such a need for this in agriculture and ag businesses. Why do you think that is? Why does that not come as easily to us as farmers and ranchers and ag businesses?
1: I mean, I think
0: you're doing what you do best right? You're, you're focused
1: on, on maybe you've got a generational farm and you're focused on trying to keep it alive and keep it running. And maybe you're dealing with, you know, an older generation and it's not always the older generation, but sometimes the older generation who doesn't want to introduce technology and they want to continue to do things the old way. It's like, we have to find a way to marry the two together. So it's not like, You have to go 100% this way and you have to go 100% that way. It's, I think, finding a really good balance. And that's tough for people to do, especially when you're working with families. So that's one struggle. The second thing is, is there's so much technology out there. How are you supposed to know what to do? And then you go down the, I call it the Google rabbit hole, where you're spending hours Googling something. It's just like, I just want a freaking answer why can't I find the exact answer to my exact problem, right? Yeah. There's so many things to read. And it's just like, you don't have time for that from sunup to sundown. And before sunup, you're out on the fields, right? You're out with your animals. You're doing what you need to do to make money. You're not thinking about necessarily sitting in the office for six hours, Googling crap, right? And then you've got your kids and then you've got, Maybe even a life if you're lucky on top of that, right? Time for yourself and time to, you know, market your business, et cetera. Like there's just so much to do. And, you know, I've even been guilty of that. You know, when I first started my business, I spent 12 hours a day minimum on my computer. Hmm. It's ridiculous. I have kids. Like it was so stupid, but it took me time to like get to that point to be like, Natalie, what are you doing? you know what you're supposed to be doing. You teach what you're supposed to be doing. And I found myself doing it, right? Doing the things that I teach, like make sure you do this. It's like, we're all guilty of it. You do what you do, right? And then eventually you
0: come back up for air. (laughs) Yes. And I think the, like the habits that we get into, like for me, when I know that I have time to be in the office working on farm stuff, I'm like, oh, the books, that's top priority. I have to spend my time on the books. And it's like, if that's all I ever do when I'm in the office working on farm stuff, like that doesn't actually help us in any way. Like, yes, it helps us be ready for tax time, but it doesn't help us to progress or grow or do anything differently or find things that we need to optimize and to be able to optimize those through some like, systems that we implement that trial and error thing, I think is what gets a lot of people to like you said, like going down the Google rabbit hole, trying to find a system and then getting stressed out because you're like, is this one the right one for me? Is this going to be with my time? Yeah, You don't
1: like it or and this is a key piece too is like we all hear, oh, so and so is doing this and it really works for them. And and there's nothing wrong with trying something new, like absolutely nothing wrong with it. But you have to find a way that it works for you. So, for example, maybe for you, depending on the type of software you use, maybe instead of having to sit down and do your books, you're able to take a picture of your receipts and just send it to that um, bookkeeping software. And then that saves you from having to spend the time for two, three, six hours in your office. You'd spend like two minutes, whatever, right? Like, right. that's your process. Your process might be different than somebody else's process. Somebody might have a bookkeeper and they just need to organize their receipts right
0: yeah and it's finding that process that works and then the other thing I find challenging is then when something changes in your business it's like oh now that process doesn't work anymore but we're gonna keep holding on to it for a little while because it's what we've always done and it's what we're used to doing until we uh, get to that breaking point of like oh my gosh now it's time to change something and you're hundred percent right of like listening to your own advice is sometimes the hardest thing to do there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they get to a point where they don't have any choice, but to make a change. Right. Mm -hmm. But the biggest piece, you, you have to be open to making a change in order for it to work. I can give you all the solutions you are asking me for But if you don't put in the work and the time and the effort to follow through on those solutions, they're they're never going to work,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? Like it doesn't matter. And that's the same for myself. Like I can give myself all the solutions, but if I don't put the time in to doing certain things, I'm not going to get business. I'm not going to get things completed. I'm, you know, yeah. I I, I think too, is like, just don't feel guilty about it either. I'll be honest with you right now. I'm behind on my bookkeeping, I just am. And I don't care. It's fine. That's okay. Because I prioritized other things. Mm. Right. I don't think we have this guilt. We should have this guilt mentality of like, well, you didn't do it. You're a terrible business owner. It's like, no, I didn't do it. And I don't care. It has to be done. So I will make time to do it. You know, but that's on me. I just didn't
0: follow the processes I had. And I had other priorities. That's okay. Yeah. And taking the time to think about that and recognize that is, I think, at least to me, something that helps remove a lot of that guilt. Cause I do that too. Um, where it's like, okay, no, I knew this needed done, but I made the decision that I wasn't going to do it because I had other priorities instead of just like constantly being like, oh my gosh, I need to get this done. I need to get this done, but I don't have time. When am I going to do it? Oh no, I'm behind. I feel guilty that I'm behind. It's like just making, taking that, two minutes to think it through of where you're at, what you have time for, what your priorities are and decide like, no, this is going to be pushed off for another three weeks, another two months, whatever it is, take so much of that guilt and feel bad out of it and the stress out of it.
1: Yeah, it's a mom guilt. Like my kids would be home from school and I'd be working and I would feel guilty because it was sunny out and here I am sitting in my office and my kids are home. And depending on the work that needed to be done, I had to start being like, you know what, I can put a pause on what I'm doing and go enjoy the sunshine with my kids for a couple hours. I can come back to this later. Right. But I think um, with some of us is we we think we have to keep everything in our head. And that almost creates like this exhaustion, this overwhelm, this like stress, whatever you call it, because everybody's different. But I get really overwhelmed if I'm trying to keep too many things in my head. So if I'm stressing out about my bookkeeping, for example, I'll put it in my calendar and just block off time and be like, hey, this is when I'm doing my bookkeeping. And then I don't have to think about it. Then it's not nagging, right? Like the less things that I'm trying to hold in my head to remember, the better. Yeah. Right. Just like write that down. Like then you don't have to try to remember what you tried to remember. Right. What was I going to do again? Shoot. I totally forgot. Oh, I should have wrote it down. Right. How many times have you said that to yourself? Because I do that, too. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Having that plan for when it's going to happen makes a huge difference. Yeah. I feel like and maybe you can have more insight on this, but I feel like sometimes when we talk about family farms, especially when multiple family members are involved, we have kind of this resistance to having some of those processes in place because we're like, well, we're family. So we'll just figure it out together. Or it's a farm. It's not like this corporatized entity that needs to have all of these systems and everything. You know, we're just a family farm and we, we can figure it out together. Do you feel like that's something you run into? Oh,
1: yeah. Frequently. I was just working with a family. Um, we were doing like a monthly consulting type thing of work and they would come to me every month with different issues and things. And the last time that we spoke, it was kind of a disagreement about who wanted to do what and what type of tech they were going to use and what didn't want to use it, etc., And this happens frequently with generational farming. And I think the biggest piece is everybody wants to feel heard. So the first thing you have to do is almost like sit down and be like, okay, well, what's going on for you? What's the end result you're looking for? Okay, what's going on for this side? What's the end result they're looking for, right? And can we find something that's going to meet in the middle? Can we try introducing, you know, I'm just going to use tech as the example. Can we try introducing this piece of tech To solve this one issue that's been really challenging for us and time consuming and see how it goes Mm. and then come back and we'll talk about it. What worked? What didn't work? What did we like? What didn't we like? And sometimes it does take a few different solutions And that's what people think. Like once you implement, it has to be like 100% in. Well, no, not everybody wants that and not everybody can work with that. So it's like, let's try before you buy in a sense, right? Yeah. Test it out, see what's working. And and communication is a huge thing when it comes to, um, well, any business, to be honest, but generational businesses, especially, it's like you really got to understand each other
0: um, and understand the pushback. Yeah, because you have to address that pushback. Otherwise, it becomes the one person who wants it to be different, their responsibility to do it when everyone else is like, oh, well, you can do it that way, but we're not going to. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that that does happen, too. And it's
1: like, well, maybe we need to assign jobs. Maybe we need to have an understanding that, you know, you're going to take care of the customer pickups so you can manage that however you see fit. And and that's part of what we did with with my last clients is they had different team members or family members assigned to different parts of the business and they could run it as they saw fit. Mm. It it was just what they had to do that worked.
0: Right. yeah. Yeah. And assigning those job roles again, a little it's a little bit of a system. It's not like a huge, complex system, but it is like a little bit of formality, even in a family business that sometimes is necessary
1: Yeah. And we wrote out what everybody's job consisted of so that it's kind of like a standard operating procedure in a sense, or like a, not a how to manual, but it's like, what does that job entail? So that each person on the farm or on the team could see what you were actually doing in the day, because you might hear like, I might hear, oh, well, you run a podcast. Well, that sounds easy, but you're like, no, to run my podcast, I have these 25 things I need to do. Then I need to market, and marketing is a whole other piece of the business, right? Like, you don't know what you don't know. So we have to make sure that we're empowering, you know, the person who's responsible to take control of that, but also inform us of what's going on so that we have a better understanding.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And then if they're not there... Sorry, <laughs> but so like if ahead. they're not there, somebody else needs to understand what the job entails. If I'm sick, and this is, I think, what a lot of um, farmers forget about. If you're sick or somebody gets injured, you know, things happen in life that are unpredictable. What's your backup plan? Mm-hmm. Who's going to do that work?
0: Realistically, realistically. And that's hard. That's because um, it's like a lot of times there's not the space or the bandwidth for someone else to take that on. So it's like, what do you do then? What do do you tell people to do in that scenario? I
1: I encourage every single person who runs a business, it does not matter to me what kind of business you run, that you have your processes mapped out. Mm -hmm. Whether that's on a sheet of paper, when I do social media, this is what I do. When I'm feeding the cows, this is what I do. This is where the bucket is. This is where the feed is. This is where that, et cetera. Just write it all out. And then um, you can always, which I do encourage as well, is timing your tasks. So a lot of farmers, they, well, farmers have multiple, multiple businesses, mm-hmm. right? So when you're a farmer, you might sell bread as well and sourdough starters and, and those types of things. How do you make it? What are the ingredients? How long does it take you to make? How long should it take to make, right? Right you have an idea of how much time a task takes, and let's just say you're the expert, Lexi, so it takes you half an hour, but me, I'm not an expert, so it might take me 50 minutes. Okay, realistically, it might take 45 minutes then for somebody new, come in on average to do that job. Then we can start planning out our day to realistically, I know this sounds super boring, but like if you understand the amount of time tasks take, you can then realistically, know what you can accomplish in a day. Mm -hmm. I have 20 hours worth of tasks. I think I can get done in a four hour shift. I'm wrong. And then I'm always going to be disappointed with myself because I never get it all done. Mm -hmm. Natalie, what the heck? Why aren't you getting it all done? Because Natalie, you were unrealistic, (laughs) right? Like it's those little, little things that make such a big difference, right? And, And we don't think about it, but it's like, If I'm time blocking my day and I realize, oh, crap, I have to be up to midnight to get everything done. Oh, and I got to pick the kids up from school. Well, right. You really have to just like take a step back and get an overall view of everything. It takes time and it's annoying. I totally get it. But when it's done, you're going to have a much better understanding of your business and your time. Mm -hmm. And that's going to reduce that overwhelmed, stressed out, complicated thoughts going on in your head.
0: Yeah. And I think for some of us, we're reaching a point where like that's important to us is our own mental health and inner peace. For some of us, though, who aren't there yet, I want to say that a different way. It's also risk protection. Like if something does happen to you and your business needs to keep going to pay the bills, Having all of this mapped out is actually like a form of insurance that someone else has even the possibility of doing the job, because if you don't take the time to do this kind of stuff, then you're shooting your own self in the foot, basically.
1: Yeah. And I I think it does go back to you don't know what you don't know, because we are like we have tunnel vision when we start, not even when we start a business, but just running a business. It's like day in, day out, the same thing, nine to five, well, 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. or whatever. We're in the zone. We're in our zone of genius. And we don't take that extra time to think about the what ifs. Right. And it's something that really does not have to be overly complicated, does not have to take up a lot of time. And you can do it while you're actually doing that task. And this is the wonderful thing with technology right now. Right. You can put it on a note on your phone for peeps' sakes and email it to yourself Mm -hmm. when you have service, because let's face it, not all farms have have service. Right. So you can do those types of things. You can work offline if you're using Google because most farmers use Google because it's free, right? Like these little things that we can do that just like, okay, I'm milking the cow. Okay, I'm just going to set a timer right now. When I'm done, I'm going to stop the timer and put in how much time it took. It's not really a lot of extra time, but like you said, like in the end, it is an insurance for you and you have a good idea of what the job is. So anybody else coming in can step in and take take over that role or help, or maybe you're getting a summer student, whatever, right? Like somebody can help and you're not
0: training so much either, but there's so many benefits really. I could go on. <laughs> yeah. I think when I first started hiring help in my business, that was my biggest thing of like, if I get to a point where I am so buried in things that need to be done I'm not going to be able to dig myself out of that unless I have these things written out and spelled out for someone else to be able to do them. Otherwise, I'm going to have to teach them to do it right now when I should be doing all these other things. And I'm going to be twice as buried just trying to get help with the things I need help with. I think when we're we're thinking about
1: um, farmers, a lot of them think like I'm not in the corporate world, so I don't need these types of things, but you actually need it more so because we don't have the funds that a big corporation has. Right. So it's actually more important for us to have those things because when we need them, we really need them because usually it's an emergency.
0: Right. Yeah. The tasks can't be put off even a day, even no. sometimes half a day. <laughs>
1: No, 100%. And if one thing happens and, and a machine breaks down, your tractor's broken down and it's not working,
0: the number one priority is fixing that tractor because you have stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the other um, common things that you've run into that people really just like, this is a bare minimum you need to be doing and you're not yet or that you haven't taken that step yet?
1: A bare, bare minimums? Uh, time blocking your calendar. Okay. That's number one. And and I hear, I hear from farmers nonstop. This is not going to work for me. And I'm like, yeah, well, it will. And it always does. It always does. So time blocking your time uh, and being realistic with your time. So having your to-do list not on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, farmers love to write and love to have a piece of paper, but if you drop that piece of paper, or you're continually writing it every single day, you're wasting time. Mm -hmm. If we have it electronically, and again, it doesn't have to be complicated. You just put it on an Excel sheet. Monday, this is what I do. Tuesday, this is what I do. And you go in and you look at it every Sunday night or whatever, whatever time you're actually going to have 10 minutes to review something. You look over it and say, okay, is this correct for tomorrow or for next week or whatever? And then you just print it. Right. Oh, yeah. I know people like to write, and if you really feel the need to write, go ahead and write. But you have to digitize your your list. That's the next thing. Um, I would say those are probably the biggest, biggest pieces of it, and then just some type of automation depending on your business. Okay. Like a FAQ in your email, so that when somebody's you know looking for information about your business. Maybe they want to order something. Maybe they want to know where you're located. Have like a FAQ as like an autoresponder. So basically it's like a bounce back when somebody emails you that comes back with like FAQ so that maybe if you can't get back to them for one or two days, maybe more, they might have a better location of finding their answer there Mm -hmm. Um, because you're in the, the business because you love it and to make money and to You know, feed your family, right? And to maintain your your farm, whether that's you know, your generational farm or you're new to farming or whatever, right? Where we are we do have to make money running our businesses. That's just no nothing else with that. So the better you set yourself up with some type of system and automation so that it takes the manpower out of it, the better. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. I think those are the biggest pieces. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit more about time blocking and what you have seen other folks how they've used that because there are so many different ways to use time blocking. What have you seen work for a lot of farmers?
1: Well, I it really depends on their business. So, I've worked with a farmer. She has she was working with three businesses and just insane and and she had said to me flat out like, "Nope, time blocking will not work for me. Absolutely not." I'm like, "Okay, like let me understand why you think that is. Let's talk about it. And their number one complaint was she doesn't have enough time. And I was like, well, that's interesting. But so where are you spending your time? Well, a few hours here, a few hours there. So I said, okay, well, let's map this out on your calendar. What what do you do Mondays? And we started chunking out, okay, Monday was at this job for this many hours, but then in the evening, this many right? So we went through the entire week and all of a sudden we had her time block schedule done. And she she realized at that point, she's like, wow, I really, I'm spending too much time doing this and I have no time to do that, which is why I'm not getting it done. Mm-hmm. She started to see like, oh, I see the value in time blocking now. Time blocking is not nine to five and then 12 o'clock is lunchtime for an hour and, and whatever. Your lunchtime as a farmer might not be till two to 30 if you get a lunch, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's, it's such a highly customized system. And like process that does really make the biggest impact for you because you start seeing where you're spending your time and why certain things may or may not be getting done. And then once we mapped it out for her, now she swears by time blocking and she she is always talking about time blocking with her clients. So
0: That's awesome. I love those aha yeah. moments when you're like, when you do find the solution that works like that, because it's so discouraging to feel that way. Like, well, I never have enough time um, to do the job that I love to do and that I'm working so hard at, you know, like when you're in that situation, it kind of feels hopeless. So that's so cool that she was able to have that aha moment of, wow, I do have a little bit of agency and power over how my time is spent and I can still do all the things I need to do just in a better, more efficient way.
1: Yeah, it's just different.
0: And I think there's a misconception that once it's time blocked, it's set in
1: stone. It's like, no, it's a very, very fluid system. It is not meant to never change because it will change. That's inevitable. No matter what type of job you have. Oh, crap, my kid's sick. So much for that podcast interview. Oh, shoot. Like, I'm sick, right? Things are going to change. And I think it's just being Like once you understand where your time set, it's so much easier to be like, okay, now I know I can shift this. I can move that. I'm not writing my newsletters at five o'clock. Why aren't I getting it done? Well, maybe because maybe you're making dinner at that time and it's not a good time for you to sit down and do that. Right. When when do you realistically realistically have like the capacity to think about is it six in the morning? Maybe it is for you, right? So it's it's just thinking through all those things. And, and also you might get to a point where you realize I can't manage all these things and I need to drop something. Mm-hmm. Maybe those newsletters don't go out every week or every two weeks. Maybe they go out once a month because you don't have capacity to do it all. Yeah. You're, you're not going to know that until you start to understand where you're spending your time. Yeah, recognizing so that passionate. capacity. So yeah. important. Yeah, I really, really push like re- be realistic, realistic time blocking. I sell a course on it like because that's how much how much I'm fueled by this. Like I hear people like I don't have time and I can't do this and I can't do that. And I'm like, you've got to be realistic with yourself and and give yourself a break. We're people like we're human. We're, we are not perfect. And I hate to tell you, but you're never going to get everything done all the time. I certainly don't. And I train people how to do it. I don't get everything done. And that is okay. I mean, some things have to get done. The kids have to eat. If I'm at a point where I'm like, Oh man, I'm not going to be able to make lunch. What's my solution. Right. Maybe it's McDonald's, right? Like there is a solution. I might not like it, but you know, but I got to be patient with myself and I got to cut myself some slack too.
0: Yeah, that recognition that we're not machines, we're not robots, like there should be time in your time blocking schedule that are not dedicated to like productivity and more efficiency and more things like there has to be time to just live and reset and all of those things too.
1: Yeah, I hate to tell you, but like, after you've been like concentrating on work for 10 minutes or for two hours, you need to have a 10 minute break. You need to go for a walk. Go play with your kids, whatever. You don't have kids, go just like do something that doesn't involve concentrated work and you will actually be more productive than if you're push, 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 pushing yourself to the point because there is going to be a breaking point. I've been there, I have been there myself to the point where you're like, you're bawling because you're so stressed out. You've got stuff going on with your family. You've got stuff going on with your business. You've got bills to pay. You don't have clients and you're freaking out. Yeah. I, I mean, that's reality for a lot of people. I live in a very expensive city. And even if I didn't, I have five kids. That's yeah. expensive. Right. And I cook most of our meals myself. i you know, I make a lot of things fresh. I bake bread. I do, you know, cause I love to do those things, but like, if I don't have time to do these things, then I, I have to be okay with that. I have to find a different solution.
0: Yeah. I think one of the best things time blocking has done for me is to start to find those natural kind of points where I do need to take a break and it's like, it, it doesn't have to be like set, like you said, every two hours, like that works really well for some people. Some people yeah. hit that wall, like at the same time every day, like if you get really tired at 2 p.m. and it's like, okay, this is the time when I need to reset or do I need to set, you know, my two and a half hour time chunk of time yeah. that I'm going to work and then go take a break. Like finding where though, where I was naturally pausing and like Oh, what, uh, getting distracted, like, oh, maybe I yeah. should work on a different task now. It's like, no, this is a sign you need to take a break. And, yeah. do something else. <laughs> and your phone, like
1: phones are brutal. And I can be so guilty for this. It's like, I'm bored. I pick up my phone. It's like, no, I've been trying to consciously put that thing away, yeah. put it aside, remove it from where I am, because I will just pick it up and look at it for no reason. It's like, oh my gosh. And then it's like, yeah, That's my cue to be like, I'm bored, whatever, even if I'm doing something, I need to take a break because, you know, I I just can't anymore. Mm -hmm. I think you're, you totally hit the nail on the head. It's like recognizing your own body and your own cues and knowing what's going to work for you. And and that could change daily too. Or if you're neurodivergent, things are totally different for somebody that's neurodivergent. You have to do things in a very different way. And this is where like those cookie cutter, this is how everybody does it. It, it, That's just not going to work. Mm -hmm. You need to understand what works for you, the time you have, and what you actually have to get done, not want to get done. I have to feed the animals, AKA for me and my kids. (laughs) I don't have to, you know, send out my newsletter today. Right. Right. That that's, there's the
0: haves and there's the wants. They're very different. Yeah, definitely. And I think that plays in well to my next question of shifting through seasons. Um, I know a lot of moms have their kids at home in the summer and that makes your work day look very different than it does during the school year or when you head into harvest time or like a heavy season of cattle working your all of a sudden your schedule is like oh this is not going to work for this week these three weeks these three months of summer whatever it is so how do you kind of adjust and plan for those times when your schedule looks very different
1: yeah you just answered your own question plan you have to you know the time is coming right and and in a perfect world we would all have it 100% done before and blah 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 if you are able to put that reminder in your calendar or reminder sticky note on your fridge, whatever you need to say, map out next month or whatever. Right. The more that you plan in advance, the better. That's a perfect scenario. In non-perfect scenario, ah, oh, crap. This week is going to, you know, not be good. Right. You sit down. What are the things you have to get done? Right. What are the things you want to get done? Write them down. Put them in your computer. Whatever. Okay. Map that out. How much time are these things going to take? And when can I do those things? Mm -hmm. Put them in your calendar or on your, you know, sticky board, your whiteboard, whatever. Okay. Monday, I'm doing these three Tuesday. I'm doing these, et cetera. Okay. For your whole week, whatever. And that will actually take off a significant amount of mental load, a significant amount. What can I do with my kids on this list? What can my kids do on this list? Mm. Giving other people jobs, empowering your family to take a part into your passion. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're, I don't know, right? So it really depends on your family and what it looks like. But empower those around you if you can. Get some help you know, it might be a gong show. Like sometimes I cook with my four-year-old and I'm like, oh, this was a mistake. I don't know what he's doing. There's onions all over the floor and the dogs are coming in. It's like a gong show. It's like embrace the mess. It's like, it is what it is. The more uptight I get, and this is with your, your business, with your to-dos, with everything, the more uptight and stressed out you feel, the worse your day is going to be. Like yeah. That's just when I'm feeling myself get worked up, when I'm feeling myself get overwhelmed, more bad things happen, right? What you put out there is what you get, right? Mm-hmm. And I know this sounds all like woo-woo, but I, I really do believe that. And I feel like while things aren't always positive, sometimes there is crap. With the crap, there's always some good things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's always a flower. Okay, what, what went well today? You know, what did we do today? What, what did I like, what am I accepting of myself today? What am I, what am I going to be okay with today? Right? We, we have to plan things as best as possible. That's not always the case. And when you can't write it down, prioritize Mm -hmm. and don't prioritize with a hundred things because farmers are great for that. It's like, well, this, this small list of my scroll that I've opened up with a thousand (laughs) less new items. It's like, okay, what's your top three? Prioritize your top three. When those are done, reprioritize and go again Mm. because when you start thinking okay now that I fed the chickens I got to feed the pigs and when I feed the pigs then I got to clean up the you know the stalls and when I clean up the stalls then I got and then you get like that anxious energy again yeah right and we go like that really steers us in a bad direction I'm I'm guilty for it too that anxious energy is bad so map it out prioritize and then reprioritize mm-hmm. top three no more than three maybe six if you absolutely have to right and then delegate if you can yeah that's that's the summer season and make time for fun and make time for your kids and take a freaking break like don't power through and miss the days what do they say there's 18 summers with your kids mm-hmm. and then like my oldest nice skill badge Right. While well, my youngest is four. It's like it's awesome because I'm like reliving those fun years because my older kids, they don't want to go for a bike ride with me. I'm not so cool anymore. <laughs> like I'm the old lady. They're like, yeah, we just want to go on our phones. And I'm just like, no, you're coming for a bike ride. They're like, why did you ask if we wanted to go?
0: <laughs> I was hoping you'd say yes, but you can come <laughs> and then have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that prioritization that step is important too, like you said and I I think that's something I really need to do personally is when my schedule shifts because a kid is sick and I need to readjust my day or whatever it is that giving myself a chunk of time to readjust my schedule and figure out what my priorities are and just like breathe even for 10 minutes to figure out what's going to happen today instead of like oh my gosh Things are gonna go bad. Yeah. The anxious energy of like, I have to get as much done as possible. Um yeah. that's a, a thing that I need to add to my kind of like plan for when things change of just take the time to set the priorities. And that does take time. Like you can't just assume that you know what they are. I'm very yeah. r- routine focused. So if I have to do something that is not in my regular routine, it's just like, oh, what am what am I doing? <laughs> I'm yeah, not it bad. throws you off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it totally throws you off. And that's why, like, because you do time block, it's like, okay, like, look at my schedule. Where can I fit that in? And what's a need to do, right? Mm -hmm. I think, too, the opposite can be said, because sometimes we get in a slump of, I don't want to do anything. And and then we're waiting for this magic potion to come give us that energy to do it, Mm -hmm. which doesn't really come. Like, that comes from us. And I think I've heard from a lot of people lately, which just like, I feel so run down. I feel so drained. And I've, I've been feeling that myself. And it's like, I am in like control of myself. And while we do need to take breaks, you also have to remember, like you're not gonna get that kick in your pants unless you put that kick back in your pants. So what's missing from your passion? Why aren't you feeling that? It's maybe because you're doing too much stuff. Right. And this is, again, we're like understanding what we have to do versus what we want to do can really help. It's like maybe you don't feel like doing your bookkeeping today. then Don't do it. But maybe you enjoy doing your social media. Go do something like that. Get that fun back and then maybe be like, okay, now I feel better. Maybe I'll sit down and do half an hour of my books tonight because you start to feel that energy right that momentum starts going and then we start to feel better when you feel better you want to accomplish more you get like that check okay that's done off my list okay oh actually this feels pretty good oh okay, what's next okay check now that's done and then you start to build that yourself right wow. then you get excited then you're getting things done then it feels good. Right. you got different endorphins going. We're like, okay, I'm feeling empowered. I'm getting my stuff done. I'm checking things off the list. And hey, oh, my gosh, I actually have time to, you know, go out with the family or whatever. Go to the
0: pool. Yeah, that mindset and perspective shift is so important. I think I can't remember where I saw it. And it was kind of depressing when I first saw it. it. But it was like the idea of no one is coming to save you. It's like oh that's kind of depressing why not (laughs) right why are they not but at the same time it's also empowering it's like no one is going to come change this for you like it's your life if you want it to look different and you don't want to feel this anxious energy and like you never get everything done every day then you you are the one who has to change something nobody's going to come change it for you
1: yeah how rude hey (laughs) I literally literally that's so rude like, know. why am I like this? And it's like, oh yeah, right. Cause I didn't feel like it. <laughs> yep. like, I, I want to get, I want to feel excited. I want to be empowered. I want to have that, that fun energy that I usually have when I'm, you know, for me, it's like, I love to be around people and I love talking to people. Like today I feel like, oh, that's so tricky because it's like, I get to chat with somebody. I yeah. get to like talk through some things and, and I love doing that. When I stopped, like, engaging with large groups of people, I started to realize, like, I don't want to sit there solo and do everything by myself. Mm. And, you know, when I hired an assistant, I really noticed how much more I enjoyed, like, going to the office. My office is in my house. But, you know, like, like, oh, because I have somebody to talk to. (laughs) It's like that, that energy from somebody else. Or, you know, maybe it's like I just went for a walk and it was actually sunny today. You know, like it just made me feel good. Like Mm -hmm. those little things that make you feel good will help with that, that cycle of dread, right? Or like, I love essential oils. So I've got my, I put on my essential oils. I have my blanket by my desk. You know, I sit and start with something that's kind of fun because that's what I need, Mm -hmm. right? Doesn't mean I don't love my job. It doesn't mean I'm not good at my job. I, I love everything about my job. I love helping people, but I love connecting with people. I love hearing their stories. I love to be able to say, Oh, you know, I can make that easier. We just have to do this. And they're like, Oh my God, this is so great. And it's like, Oh, I feel so good to be able to help someone. Like, I don't know if you know anything about Enneagrams. I'm an Enneagram too. I hate that I'm an Enneagram too, but dang, I am. And I'm like a people pleaser. I just want to help. And I just want to share and just like, that is me, right?
0: Mm-hmm. That lifts me up, right? And and makes all the difference. And doing those things for yourself doesn't make it selfish or like high maintenance. It's just like you're making your life easier. So it's making you making it easier for you to do the things you love to do by yeah. taking those things out that are the hard parts or the yeah. parts that you dread, or I pay someone else to do it because I really don't
1: want to do it. Yeah, can I do it? Sure. Do I want to spend my time doing it? No. But does everybody have the money to do that? No. Mm-hmm. When I first started my business, I was broke AF. Like yeah. I just finished a non-paid maternity leave, extended maternity. Leave. And I was like, crap. My husband was like, we got bills to pay. And I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want to <laughs> you know, insert cry emoji. And it was really, really tough. And it's like, I didn't have the money to hire someone to help me. So it's like, I had to prioritize what needed to get done because I just can't do it all. I couldn't do it all because when I put that pressure on myself, it made it worse. I felt bad. I felt like an imposter. I felt like I couldn't do things. And it really took, um, actually hired a business coach. I had two, but my second business coach really pulled me out from that. And brought me back to like, hey, Natalie, these are the things you're doing, and let's focus on, you know, because I have to have a place of focus. If I don't have a place of focus, I almost will get nothing done. I'll just be like, hey. and I said, I'm just going to go outside. I, I will. I have to have a list of to do's mm-hmm. to stay focused. That is just how I am. Right. And if I don't have that, I'm a, like, squirrel. Oh, hey, look, that's that's pretty. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, and that's just me. And I know that. Right. But when you have that list and you feel like you're getting stuff done, it, it
0: does make a difference. And just figuring out what works for you. Mm-hmm. Well, and you mentioned like trying to take things off your plate that you don't enjoy or and that you can afford to do um, for farmers. I feel like sometimes that looks a little bit different because it's so hard to find boots on the ground, manual labor help a lot of times. Good, good workers. Yeah, good workers who actually help you get the job done. Don't break all of your equipment that you need to do your job, that kind of stuff. So what are some like tips you've seen people do that work well in that? Like, are there automations they can implement? It's so specific to everyone, but what are some general things that you've seen that work?
1: Yeah, well, I worked with a flower farm and um, we actually set up an automation to help them hire people. Mm. So that automated like when they were booking interviews and like the onboarding process and and all those types of things. And that's that's kind of a deeper conversation, a more techie conversation. But basically we just needed to know what they had to get done. And we sent it out through the s- called the CRM, a client relationship management software. And I found like an inexpensive one that could do the trick that wasn't overly complicated for them. But they struggle with finding good people. And the biggest thing when you are trying to hire or looking for people, first thing is you gotta be super clear about what the job is. You have to be super clear about the expectations of that employee, team member, whatever you wanna call it. And three, you have to understand is they will not love your business like you love your business. Therefore, they will not work for your business like it's your business. Most people, some people, hey, totally they will. They're passionate, they're hardworking. But majority of the time you're not going to find that. So when you understand those three things, it opens your eyes for the type of person that you're looking for and it provides clarity when they are applying.
0: Mm-hmm. When you
1: do interview these people, or these team members. It's also having like very specific questions mapped out for them so that they understand what you are looking for. And then maybe like a trial period. Hey, where where, where do your passions lie? Because if their passions don't lie in farming, I mean that's that's a tough sell. Yeah. Hey, I expect you to be up at 4:30 a.m. and work until 7 p.m., 8 p.m., sometimes midnight if something's broken. Mm -hmm. You know, and and give them a nice place to stay if you offer that. Not a dumpy trailer that looks like, you know, and smells. Mm -hmm. It's got to make them feel good too. And I think sometimes that's forgotten. It's like, well, they're just a ranch hand or they're just helping. No, they need to feel good about where they are too. Respect goes both ways. So you treat people how you want to be treated, right? If you want them to to treat your farm well and, and feel good about their job, you need to show them that you respect and appreciate them. How do you do that? Well, if there's a place to stay, let it be nice. It's not gonna be risky, that's okay, but like clean, smell good, fresh sheets, maybe some flowers, whatever, right? Yeah. something like just those little touches, like maybe there's muffins in there in the room when they get home or whatever, you know, like just something little because that makes people want to
0: work harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great tips on, I think a lot of times as farmers and ranchers, or just somebody starting a business for the first time, we don't have that experience in being a good boss or those skill sets of like, because we do, we've never had examples. A lot of us have never worked for somebody else. So it's like understanding what to do in those situations may not come naturally, but figuring out what you can do on your farm to make people feel really welcome and really cared for. And like it, they have to uphold their end of the deal too, but. Two-way street. Yeah.
1: But this is also where
0: having. It. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good.
1: Yeah, this is also where having your processes mapped out plays a huge role. Because if you hire, you know, Sarah, and Sarah's doing a job for you, and then all of a sudden Sarah's gone because she hated it or or whatever, then you're retraining somebody else. Yeah. And then you're spending that time and energy into somebody else as well, right? If you have like a operating procedure, how-to manual. It doesn't have to be fancy schmancy, whatever. It can just be a quick like write-up of this is where we do this and this is where you find that and this is how much you feed and this is blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. You can give it to that person and empower them to say, here's what we do. Here's what I need you to do today. This is roughly how much time it should take. If it's taking longer, come find me. Mm -hmm. Because then you understand where you know where the lack of communication is, right? We're not retraining people over and over because you have the process mapped out. You show them once you say, follow this, you know, um, manual or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then if there's problems find. that's okay. saving you time right there too.
0: Hey, it's Lexi here. And I'm interrupting the show to tell you about a new option we have for marketing support for you. I've met so many people the past six months who are looking for DIY marketing support And while I primarily offer marketing packages and website design in my marketing business, I'm excited to have something just for you DIYers too. So I know you need answers quickly to help you overcome tech challenges and get feedback on your marketing content when you have a spare minute to work on it. And you want to keep growing and learning how to make your marketing work in a way that makes sense for you. Here's what I've got for you. First, you can sign up for a free marketing toolkit, which includes social media post templates, email marketing outlines, video ideas, and a content planner and tracker. And to get tutorials and answers to those pressing questions, sign up for our weekly marketing tutorials for just $10 a month, where we tackle your most frustrating challenges together. Or sign up for the marketing support line, where you get direct access via text message to ask all of your tech support and marketing advice questions. It's like having a marketing and tech support person in your back pocket. We solve website issues, social media challenges, and just give feedback on the content you're creating. You can find those options at lexiwrightconsulting.com slash social under marketing support. Well, the only other question that I have today, we've been having so much fun talking to each other. It's just so (laughs) much. I think that this kind of work and this kind of investment in your business and your family in your farm, like really adds up over time to the person and the that you are, the feelings that you feel and the business that you run. Um, But I'm so curious to hear what your thoughts are about how that affects the future of a business and the people that we pass it on to.
1: I think when we are leaving our legacy that's organized and streamlined and in a way that makes sense for that business, that reduces a lot of stress. That's like thinking if somebody, I'm trying to think of a, something that doesn't sound like so totally dark, but like if somebody passes away, that, that is super dark, but like, and you're left with a mess. And everything's a nightmare and things aren't paid and you have no idea where to go. Like, that is overwhelming and stressful. I mean, think about giving your family your business. I want you to take over. What would you want? What would you want to see? If you were buying a business, what would you want to see? You would want their books to be organized. You would want processes in place. You would want to understand the basics of the business, how much it's making, et cetera, et cetera. So while it doesn't feel like it's important and that you know, you have the time to do those things an hour a week, eventually you'll have those things. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not about spending 20 hours one day to, to get it all done and just be done with it. It's, it's about making a commitment of time when you can do it and just little bits at a time, it, it, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's going to take time and it's going to, you know, fluctuate, but be the business you want to see, be the business you want to buy, be the business that your kids would look at and go like, like my parents did amazing. Look how good this is because that will help them. Like you don't want your kids to be stressed out or your family member or whomever, right. To see it and go, what a mess. Right. Yeah. Part being a proud farmer is like, We've built this. We've lasted how many generations, right? In these times of uncertainty during COVID and all this other crap that we're going through right now. We're still here. We're still going strong, right? And we want to leave that to our family. You want to feel good about what you've got. And that means setting yourself up and anybody else up for success.
0: Yeah and having a really clear picture i think of what you are passing on and making sure your kids have a really picture, clear picture of what they're being they're buying into or yeah. whatever that looks like for your family because that's so frustrating to as a kid or a young person have like you know the childlike version of your parents business in mind of like oh i have so many good memories of the farm and the ranch and Than it being your turn to make decisions and, oh, that's not exactly what I thought it was kind of. Yeah. And
1: I think, yeah, a lot of people, they, you know, they open up their shoebox of receipts and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this started from 2014, (laughs) right? Like that's a reality Mm -hmm. and it's not to shame people. It just happens, right? It does just happen. And before you know it, Right. But you want you want your kids to come in with ideas and excitement and not have to stress about fixing the mess that you inadvertently accidentally created, really, because nobody is purposefully disorganized or right. Maybe you just don't know.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's an unintentional disorganization. You don't do it on purpose, but now, you know, what can we do to, you know, get in a better place?
0: Absolutely. Well, I think that is a lot of good tips that a lot of them are good, like really easy to implement, like your time tracking and time blocking. Like that is something anyone can do just by evaluating their day or their week and seeing where they have opportunities to grow. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise with the listeners. Um, I'm really excited to let you share a little bit more about where people can follow up with you, find out more. What do you have going on right now? Tell us what's next for you. Yeah. Well, gosh, there's so many exciting things coming down the
1: pipes right now. Um, so you can find me at um On my website there, I'm just about to launch my new service, which is an efficiency crew group call. And the reason I wanted to implement this is because it's the most inexpensive way to work with me. I wanted to be more affordable. I had to be conscious that I'm running a business as well. And the best way to do that was through group calls. So it's like under forty dollars. You get all my courses. It's part of it. We do training on software, and it's based on the group. So we'll kind of do like a vote on what we want to learn. Uh, so that's starting in April, May. So if you're interested in that, you can find details on um, my website or on my Instagram, Natalie underscore Egger underscore Consulting. So
0: yeah, I'm very excited about that. Wonderful. Well, I hope people check that out. Learn. I mean, if nothing else, learn about what you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. (laughs) The the most empowering thing is when you kind of first encounter this stuff, it's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. So discover what you don't know that you don't know, and maybe make a commitment to making things a little bit better for what comes next. So 10 minutes a day is all it takes. That's a great, I mean, everybody has 10 minutes. Yeah whether you think you're new or not you got 10 minutes (laughs) (laughs) do it while you're sitting on the can it's fine just open up your phone and write something down (laughs) exactly oh good well thank you so much for being here today natalie and we look forward to hearing more from you in the future yeah thanks Lexi. Do you know someone building their ag legacy or with stories of yesteryear on the farm that need to be shared? Please let us know or help them apply to be a guest on the show at farmingonpurpose.com guest. If you've enjoyed spending time with us today, please take a moment to review the show on Apple Podcasts or give us a share on social media. You can follow the host of Farming on Purpose, Lexi, at at farmingonpurpose on all social media and let us know what topics you want to hear more about.